right, please turn in your Bibles tonight to the book of 1 John, chapter 5. We're actually going to be in a lot of places in 1 John tonight. You know, throughout my Christian life, I've had so many firsts that take place, you know, as a Christian. And, 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 he, and I'm running fewer on those firsts these days, but here's, here's a first. We are going right from one series in study right into another series. We're not taking a break with a few messages here and there. We have finished the book of Ruth, and tonight we will start... A, a new series on, Lord willing, it'll be about a 12-week series on our basic beliefs. Now, I've been thinking about you as I get into this study, and, and some of you are going to think Wednesday night has turned into evangelism, uh, for some of the messages anyway, and uh, that's not necessarily the intent. We know that a, a lot of, we always need to do the work of an evangelist, but, uh, we, you know, you kind of think that a whole lot that come to Wednesday night Bible study uh, are saved. And others might think that this should be a, a new member course, possibly. And then there are those that would say these are ideal messages for Sunday morning, Brother Kenneth. But, you know, let us remember that the grounding and our basic beliefs as far as what we... It's important to know what we believe. And our grounding comes by repetitiveness in the Word of God and in the teaching of the Word of God. And keep in mind that, praise the Lord, in this church we, we have a lot of brand new Christians, you know. And, and the Lord has steadily saved. The baptism waters have been stirred. So, so a lot of... Uh, a lot of members will become grounded. Other members who are grounded in this, this is not a waste of time for you because it's a very good refreshing and it's a very good help for your witness because no matter how grounded we are, we need to be ready to give an account of what we believe at all times and sometimes you could just be caught off guard in it. So why do you believe what you believe? It's a good time for a refreshing in this. And also remember, and something that I've heard a lot of, is that many people have been viewing online. They might not be a part of the church. They might be extended family of the church. Uh, I don't know. But we've had a lot of people viewing online. And who knows who needs Jesus as their Lord and Savior of their life. So there are many profitable things that will come through this study for all of us as we get into it. And so as we look at our basic Bible beliefs, the first one we're going to talk about tonight is, well, I'll give you this title. I'm saved and I know it. And I tell you what, that disturbs a lot of religious folks. That disturbs a lot of people who say they are professing Christians. I mean, when you tell someone you know you're saved and you know you're going to heaven, look, be ready for some conflict. Even, even among those who would say that they're part of a Christian church, 
Even among those who would say they're religious, you, do, you don't need just the atheists to have conflict with this. You'll have conflict with all kinds of people, and, and you need to be prepared. And a common reply that I've heard many times is, you can't know that. Only God alone knows that. And, and the tone and the words they say are as if, you are insulting God and you are disrespecting God. You know, I, I, have, a, I have a problem with that. that. That's someone who either has not learned the word of God or they do not believe the word of God. Because it's by the word of God that you and I would say, I'm saved and I know it. I believe it's disrespectful to God, to say that you can't know. I believe it is minimizing what our Lord Jesus Christ finished on that cross completely for you and I. For someone to say that we can't know. We see in verse 13 right here of the text that we can know. I'll go ahead and read 11 through 13. Uh, it says, and this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. That word know in that verse is the 32nd time that the word K-N-O-W shows up in this book of 1 John. It shows up a total of 38 times we have this word know in, the book of the, in this book of the Bible. Christians can know for certain that they are going to heaven. And that is what this book teaches it teaches it to you and all that we know we're going to heaven if we die. If you don't know that you're going to heaven, that's a problem. If you are trying to get to heaven, or if you are hoping that you're going to go to heaven, that's just as big a problem. Because there is assurance. We're going to talk about assurance tonight for the Christian from the word of God. The Bible teaches that there is soul assurance for those who trust in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. These words God gave John were given to you and I to show us that we can surely know that we are saved and live with assurance and Someone has big decisions to make, and I've had big decisions to make, and so have you. And we've had some reservations, we've had some hesitation, and we've had some doubt go through our mind at times. The thought of doubting 
or being uncertain in what Jesus Christ did for you and I, that would be devastating. That would be a life of defeat for you and I if there were uncertainty in God's plan. But we don't have to worry about that with what Christ has done for us. You know, I don't have much to say about this doubting business when it comes to salvation. I have talked to and counseled to many who have, and, and, I, and I'm not diving into that to, to throw my opinions or thoughts in on that. All I'll say about this doubting business is since the moment I've been saved, I have never doubted that I was saved. There was a time that I doubted that I was saved. And I wasn't saved when I doubted I w- that it, whether I was saved or not. And so we're going to, whatever the case may be with you online, with anyone who may be here tonight with doubts about this, God wants to take your doubts away. He wants to take your doubts away this evening about the eternal salvation that Jesus Christ offers. Look, a successful Christian life must be accompanied by assurance. What if you're not assured of your salvation? How could you be motivated to tell anyone about this belief that has made you a nervous wreck? I don't say that to make fun. I don't say that to make light. But this is a serious issue of doubting that goes on. Knowing that you're saved is of extreme importance because I reckon you know that your soul's going to live forever. The soul never dies. The soul is going to go on eternally. And to, to not know where your soul is going to be, that is of utmost importance that you get that straight. Because the soul will continue eternally in one of two places. It's going to be a place of treasure or it's going to be a place of torment. It's going to be heaven or it's going to be hell that your soul is in for eternity. And like the guy I witnessed to for two years straight that didn't mind going to hell. I talked about every facet of Christianity, I thought, but I didn't talk about hell. And he thought hell was just some big immoral party that was going to happen in eternity with a little bit of discomfort. But it's complete solitude and it's complete torment for eternity, for rejecting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. People say, isn't there forgiveness when you stand before God? Yes, there is forgiveness, but not for rejecting the Lord Jesus Christ. That is unforgivable if you leave this life without him. Knowing one is saved. I can't expound enough on how important this is because the soul will go on for eternity. And the place one goes depends on what they've done about the no-so assured salvation that Jesus Christ offers in personally humbling yourselves before him, knowing you're a sinner, and receiving Jesus Christ. You need to know where you'll spend eternity. And you need to know right now. We're going to share a sure salvation tonight. We're going to share a sure salvation so we will know how to be saved and we will be sure of it. Just two points I want to share for just a few minutes tonight. And one is saved by believing 
And the other is believing you're saved. Saved by believing. We could go a lot of places in the Bible. We're in the fifth chapter of 1 John. Why not go to the first verse and go there with me and read it? It says, whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. How is a person saved? Well, we see here that it is by believing. Verse 1 tells us that to be saved is by believing in the person of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He came to live for you and I. He came to die for you and I. He was raised from the dead for you and I, which shows God's acceptance of Him, and it gives us assurance that there is victory over sin in the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And we just believe. You believe to be saved. Many times in the Bible, you will find the question asked to the Apostle Paul and others, how can I be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Simple. But what is believing? What is believing? Because it's not just mentally acknowledging the reality of this person, Jesus Christ. It's not giving mental consent to the facts of what Jesus Christ did. It's, you know, it's not just believing with your mind that, that he was born of a virgin, that he lived a perfect life and satisfied the righteousness of God, that he died a death in our place, which satisfied the justice of God, that he was raised from the dead, that he ascended to heaven, that he's at the right hand of the Father. You can give mental assent to all of these facts, but... Is that believing? Well, no, that's just part of it. That is not what we mean when we talk about believing. To believe is to be given the faith to believe. In other words, to hear the good news of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ for our sins according to the Scriptures. To hear the truth of the Gospel, to hear the truth of the Bible, is how we get the faith to believe. You've probably heard, children of God, many people say, man, I wish I had your faith. Well, that's nothing to do with you, or it's nothing to do with I, if someone says that of me. Faith comes, cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, Romans ten seventeen says. So, I, I loved it when I heard the saint pray one time, and, and, and he said, thank you, Lord, for giving your son, and giving me the faith to trust him. So we get faith from the Word of God, and then we have a decision to make to place that faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. So to believe is to, is to place our faith in Jesus Christ. This involves trust. It is entrusting your eternal soul to God. You, would, you wouldn't sell your eye for a million dollars. I had a... I had a witnessing attempt that seems to backfire one time. And this guy said, oh, wait, I would. I'm good right here. million dollars in my pocket. Take my eye. Take either one you want. I don't think when it gets down to it, <laughs> we'd sell our eye for a million dollars. And how much more valuable, people don't think about it, but the soul. 
is so valuable. And it is entrusting our soul by faith to Jesus. Uh, I remember talking to a grocery store manager one time and about this faith. And he was trying to understand it. And he was holding this, this scanner, handheld computer, scanning the groceries, making his order. He was the only one there who knew how to do it. And I said, what if you had to leave right now? And I just said, trust me. Trust me. I know how to do it. I know the quantities to order. And... And you just had to hand me that and go to your emergency and trust me with that. Well, it actually doesn't take that much trust because of what we can gather from the word of God. But it is, but it is about a trust in what we cannot see, but believing the word of God. It's, it's entrusting our soul uh, to the Lord Jesus Christ. A person is not saved by a good deed. It amazes me. I haven't been saved all that long. But it amazes me how this belief just continues to go on and on. Well, I'm trying to be a good person. Well, I think I'm doing good deeds. I, I, I'm doing my best to treat my neighbor right. And that is their plan and their way to heaven. It's amazing how this continues to go on. But a person is not saved by a good deed. A person is not saved by a million good deeds. Uh, if, if you could take... Or if I could take the best, most upright, most, most right living, high moral hour of our lives. And it could count for all of our lives. We come up way short of the glory of God. You understand that Mary submitted to God. That she would carry and she would birth the Son of God. And she did it with honor and she did it in purity. But you understand that she had to trust Jesus Christ as her Lord and her Savior to save her from her sins so that she would be able to go to heaven. There is no deed, there is no doing good that achieves this salvation. No works, no good, no action of ours brings salvation to our soul. And so, of course, there is no assurance of that. I believe I've said this before in other ways, but I, I just can't get over it. Think about those who are depending on their deeds or depending on themselves in some way to get to heaven. None of them will give you assurance. None of them will tell you that they know. But believing on the Son of God, you know. It gives assurance to us. Trust alone in Jesus alone saves and assures one that they are the child of God. We are saved by believing. And if we have believed. Then we believe that we're saved. Now when I say. When I say that it almost comes across the wrong way to me. I'm the one who was thinking about it. We, believing we're saved. If we're saved by believing. We're believing we're saved. Well. You know, I think about a lot of people who have attended church a long time and they became exhausted and miserable by telling themselves that they are saved. They, they, they constantly just tried to think positive and they told themselves over and over, I'm saved, I know I'm saved, I, I, I know that I have believed. And, and people have tried to talk themselves into 
thinking that they are saved themselves. I'm talking about believing you're saved by the peace and assurance that is given to you in your life by the Lord once you are saved. First, this book of 1 John, it focuses on this very thing. It focuses on the assurance that you can have that your soul is saved. Look, the Lord wants to save whosoever will come to him. And he also wants them to know that they're saved. Though if you're here tonight and you have any uncertainty or if you're listening and you have any uncertainty, let me tell you something. The Lord wants you to know his salvation. He wants you to know that you have experienced his salvation. He wants you to know that you're saved. And he can let you know. He can save and he can give you that assurance. And he's willing and wanting to do so. And there are three powerful proofs in our lives that will give assurance to you and I that we are saved. And so the first one, it all comes from this book of 1 John. The first assuring proof is that he is Lord. Jesus is Lord of your life if you're saved. It's been said of Christians by some that... You know, they make a profession of faith and then you don't see them for a long time. And someone will say, well, they trusted Jesus as Savior, but they didn't trust him as Lord. And and I know what they're trying to say there and I know what point they're trying to get across. But within salvation, there is an acknowledgement and an acceptance of Jesus, not just as Savior, but as Lord. We understand in Romans in chapter 10 that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, there is an understanding that He is boss when someone is saved. He's not just Savior. He is Lord. He is Lord of your life. If you're saved, He's Lord of your life. You may not... Someone may not be living in such a way that reflects that. But if you are saved, He is your Lord. He is your Lord. He's Lord of your life. That does not mean that you are living perfect. But that means that you are anxious to please Him. That means that you have a desire to please Him. That means you meditate on Him. That means that you do think of God. And you think of what pleases Him. It means you're under the influence of Christ so that you can live out the Word of God. It's impossible to live out the word of God except being under the influence of Christ. And so you meditate on God. You you think about God, how God sees all. You think about how God desires to be pleased by us and he enables us to be able to please him and he enables us to be able to live for him. We think about that. The children of God think about that because he is Lord. If you never think on what God thinks, then you probably think you're unsaved. And I, and I think you're probably right. I think you're probably right. Whoever is born of God desires to behave in line with the commandments of God. Look at, look at chapter 2 with me at verses 3 and 4. It says, And hereby we do know That we know him. If we keep his commandments. He that saith I know him. And keepeth not his commandments. Is a liar. And the truth 
is not in him. You see the word no three times through those verses I just read. That's the first, second, and third time of the 38 times that that word is in this book. It's used for the 24th time in 1 John chapter 3, verse 24. If you will go there with me, it says... And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him. And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the spirit which he hath given us. His spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Romans chapter 8 verse 16 says, your assurance that you're saved is that he is Lord and you reverence his word and you want to please him. That, that, that's, not, that's nothing that any human being is good enough to even want to do. Even those in religion who are lying and say they, they're keeping the commandments just like the rich young ruler did. That's, that's not genuine right there. But for us to really desire that, for Jesus to truly be Lord... There's an assurance to you and I. There's a powerful proof that we're saved. But not only is he Lord, but another assurance is that his are loved. His are loved. Look with me in chapter 3, verse 14, and we're going to look at the 20th time this word no is used. It says, we know that we have passed from death unto life. Because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Before I was saved, and Shelly talked me into attending church with her, I looked around at the people in church when I went in there. You understand, I didn't spend my early life in church at all. So I looked around at the people, and I never even said anything to Shelly, but I thought to myself, these people are different from me. And I am very distant from whatever they are. And then I got saved. And the people of God became a delight to me. And, and by the grace of God, I've been dwelling with the people of God ever since. And I, and I just, I thank God for that assurance. I thank God for that assurance because that, because that was nothing within me. That came to love the people of God. That's, that's his genuine salvation. And so you know because you love the people of God that you are his. That is your assurance that his are loved. The love that is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost is shared with the household of faith. You know, this love is a spiritual love. And we share it together. I had an opportunity to spend some time with a, with a fella and, and ask the Lord to help me to help him for a while. And I did. And I spent some time with him. And we talked at least once a week, sometimes three times a week, for several months. And there were some successes I, I, I thought I saw. There, there were things I saw that looked good. And then one day he said, you know, for some reason, I like being around the unsaved people I work with more than, more than being at church. 
with the people. And, and I have grieved and regretted something I said. I said, man, are you sure you're saved? But you know what? I mean, it makes sense. And you can see the question in it. And I know I didn't say it out of love. It was in love. Nevertheless, we talked one to three times a week for several months. And that was a couple of years ago. And we haven't talked since. So that gave me some grieving. But I look at this here. And and I see why that question can and should be asked in love. Look at chapter 4 with me at verse 20. It says, if a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him that he who loveth God love his brother also. We love the people of God. That's what happens when we get saved. And that is an assurance in our lives. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25 says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. As long as our feet walk this earth, we're to be in the love of fellowship with God's eternal people till the day that Jesus comes back. That, that, I know that that's your plan. That's your plan tonight. As some people have said, I, I have never, I haven't been out of church, the church house, as much as I have been in the last five weeks ever in my life. And, and I know that's the case for many. And I know that that's your plan until Jesus, the, the way that we're going to stop permanently meeting is for Jesus to come back in the clouds and to take us home. I mean, that's our plan. That's what we have planned. And it's pretty easy to do because of the love that we have for the children of God. We love the people of God. And it doesn't matter if you're an introvert. It doesn't matter if you're an extrovert. It doesn't matter if you're an all-around introvert. What, whatever you are, that is, it, this is so much bigger than our personality traits. I've heard that, well, I'm an introvert and I don't really care. I don't like going in big gatherings. Hold on. Hold on. We know that we are born of God when we love the people of God. And we love gather, gathering together. As a matter of fact, if anyone is blaming their demeanor on this bigger than anyone in anyone's individuality because God says if we love him if we're born of him we love the people of God look with me in verse chapter 4 verse 7 and 8 it says beloved let us love one another for love is of God and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God and he that loveth not knoweth not God for God is love. That's the 28th and the 29th time you find the word no throughout this book. And we know that we love God when we love the people of God. We will have conflict and we will have differences among the family of God. But charity reigns. Charity overwhelms anything else that we go through. His are loved, and that is an assurance in our lives. Another proof 
you are living. You are living. These are some of my favorite verses. And for the need for the message, I'm going to read verses 11 through 13 over again from chapter 5. And this is the record. That God hath given to us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He that hath the son hath life. And he that hath not the son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the son of God. That ye may know that ye have eternal life. And that ye may believe on the name of the son of God. I'll, I'll never forget. The first time I saw that verse, it was in it was in Sunday school. You know, I'm, I'm and I'm not going deep in this. Don't challenge me or split hairs on this. But I'm not saying I, somebody said that when we're saved, it's like. You receive the word in you and you do. And it's like it's like you it's like you bring it out of you. And bring it to the knowledge and the embracing of promises as you study it. The word of God is in you. I felt, I felt like I was putting it in me as I read and studied. And in a sense, that's right. But in another sense, Jesus Christ is the word. I mean, you have the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and the word. All, all are one. Jesus is the word. Peter said, we're saved by the word of the Lord. And so anyway, I'll just... I don't mean to go out there on you, but I remember reading that as a babe in Christ in Sunday school. I didn't know anything, but Jesus saved me from my sins. And I looked at that, and it's that, that ye may know that ye have eternal life. And I said, there it is. There, I, I do know. I know that. I didn't have I didn't have to study that out. I didn't have to look at that Greek and just make sure what was being said there. I knew what that meant. And I knew I was saved. Those 30 years of my life they were not held against me and I knew that because of what Jesus did for me. And I knew he saved me. And I didn't deserve it. I still don't deserve it. But we know. We know. You, you are living. Well, what's a proof? What's an assurance? You are living. Paul said. Paul said. For to me. To live. Is Christ. And that's. What we're able to live. That's what we're living. There. a timing to that be it is alive we are alive in saved and many have thought back And look, I'm not saying that there's not cases like that. The, the Lord chasteneth those that he loves. And I've heard of some genuine children of God that have been away a long time. 
But to know how you're saved right now, to have to go back 35 years, and if there be no evidences in between, that is something very disturbing. And that is very, that is very troubling to consider that. Because, look, that's a set right in the aisle. That is a setting of many salvations. For some, it's in the home. For some, it's sitting right there in their pew. For some, it's walking down the road. For some, it's driving down the road. But right there in that aisle, that is the setting for many a salvation experience. But if there is no evidence between the profession and between the present, that's, that's very troubling. This book of 1 John is written in the continuous sense, you understand? And these are continuous proofs that we will see throughout our lives. That He is Lord. That His are loved. And that you are living You are alive. We're seeing in the word of God these proofs that will be going on throughout the believer's life in a relationship with Jesus Christ. To know Jesus and to believe in Jesus will have these spiritual vital signs. It will be the change that comes over you and I. I used to drop somebody like a bad habit whenever I had a problem with them. And I can't do that in the people of God. It's just not going to happen. And it's because of what God does in our lives. Look, if someone made a profession long ago... Look, that's great. Seek the Lord early while he may be found. But has he been and is he your cornerstone, your counselor, your deliverer, your friend, your king? Is he your life? That's what Paul says. Paul says in Colossians, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear. What is he now? What is he now? Because the relationship is continuous. It's ongoing. A good question for all of us tonight. In this. In some of these basic. Truths that we're going to share. What's going on right now. Between us and Jesus. Because he makes his presence known. In the life of those who have met him in their heart. And that's just going to send me into my thought on this business of doubting. How can we doubt someone that we have met in our heart who has lifted our burden and guilt of sin and cast our sin as far as the east is from the west and remembers us no more and his love is shed abroad in our heart and he changes our desires and he changes our direction and he changes our environment and he changes the people in our lives. We know we are saved by these proofs in our life. He makes his presence known in us. And this gives assurance. This gives assurance to you and I. Tell it to all. Tell those who who don't understand. Tell those who don't agree because they need a seed planted. They need to hear you say, I know that I am saved and I know I'm going to heaven. Because our Jesus is a 
is an assuring Jesus. So it's not about the recollection of a profession or a baptism. It's a relationship right now with the Son of God. Those who are born of God, they're saved and they know it. And what a blessing it would be if someone were able to cast all their doubts and all their fears aside tonight and swallow the pride and forget about what, what another human being might think and come to Jesus. Come to Jesus to be forgiven for all your sins that he might be your Lord and Savior. Will you trust him tonight? For anyone who may be listening, I'm not looking at, I'm not looking at you tonight, but the message is for everyone who's listening tonight. There is assurance to be found in salvation. You know that you are saved from all your sins. You are not scared to death. You might, you might be like granddaddy and, and just have a little, little anxiety about how you might die, but not death. The sting of death is gone because you're assured your soul is saved for heaven. Let us pray. Father God, we come to you tonight. Lord, we thank you for meeting with us. We thank you for a time to sing some praises to your name, Lord. I, I know. Without him even saying so, Lord. And for those who are here for the first time in weeks, Lord, I thank you for what has to be the joy that has just filled their heart to be back in your house. I, I thank you for a time in your word. I thank you for a time to worship you, Father. And we love you tonight. And we thank you for first loving us. We thank you that, that within your love and your care for us and the salvation you've provided for us, you assure our hearts that you are our Father and we are your child. And Jesus Christ is our personal Lord and Savior. And we thank you for these things and ask that you bless this series that we will share. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.